Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. All right, let's get to Brian Cashman now as we uh, welcome in the Yankee general manager. Cash, welcome. How are you? Hey, Mike. How are you doing? Good, thank you. All right, um, Cash, before I get to you and your team, any thoughts on the Astro story? Uh, you know, no, I, I know uh, that hit yesterday and it was perfect timing because it was right before we had our media hour sessions that they do here at the GM meetings where all general managers meet with the media for an hour. And, and so we kind of walked right into that. Um, I chose yesterday, and I, I think I'll take the same stance as we move forward until we get some direction from Major League Baseball. I'm, I'm not going to comment towards it. I know Houston has you know, obviously been accused of some things, and, and they've issued a statement that they're working with Major League Baseball to investigate the matter. And so I know it's on the commissioner's office. Uh, uh, it's on their table. Their antenna is now obviously up um again and and on this subject matter and and uh you know it's in their hands so i think it's probably for the industry's sake it's, it's in my best interest not to comment towards it okay let me get to a couple other things before i get it back on the field with your players uh beltron uh you were very high on him as a manager so i'm sure you're not surprised that he became a manager right yeah you know he was in there you know people may forget he he went through the interview process for our vacant manager spot um you know uh, and that was in a very short period of time after he retired. Uh, and so it speaks to the level of uh, presence and leadership and uh, that, you know, kind of resonated at least with me and our group uh, to have him be in that room and earn the right to be there and listen to what he had to say. And, and you know, he definitely checks a lot of boxes. Uh, and then, you know, when we chose to go there and Boone, uh, I didn't want Beltran walking out of that office. I wanted to somehow keep a hold of, his content, his abilities to, uh, you know, obviously an, ex- an exceptional baseball guy, uh, a Hall of Fame, borderline Hall of Fame career, if not Hall of Fame career, and, and the ability to relate and communicate and connect. And uh, so, you know, uh, our int- interest in him was in a lot of different ways. At the time, he wanted to take a year off, so we, we uh, and spend some time with the family. And so he was willing to do that, obviously, special assignment. Uh, which he did benefit us in a great deal and got a chance to learn and grow uh, from this side of the fence. And, uh, you know, obviously it's propelled him. He, he propelled us. He made us better in a lot of categories. And I like to think we helped at least give him a better perspective of how that front office stuff works because, you know, we're three four floors up. The, the players really, you know, they know that the business side to some degree because they got to live it, but they, the, uh, you know, actually being a part of it, you know, gives you a whole new exposure to it. So, uh, I'm sure that'll serve him well as he moves forward. And I'm not surprised, obviously, by his uh, emergence as a manager with the Mets or with anybody. He, you know, he he's going to check so many boxes, and it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to watch it play out. Uh, although it's across the street so much uh, in uh, in our uh, competitors' arena, I think they hired a good one, and he's going to serve them well. All right, we're talking with Brian Cashman, of course. Cash, the uh, you won 100 games two years in a row. Uh, uh, obviously, you didn't get where you wanted to get to in the postseason, uh, but you shook up the staff. Uh, the reasons why you felt the need, from an organization standpoint, to shake up the staff? Well, there's a couple of different components to it. Um, you know, obviously, most of our coaches' contracts were expired. Um, and so uh, the one that wasn't was Larry Rothschild, so we'll start there. Um, you know, we kind of started remaking our pitching uh, programs from the ground up through our player development department and, um, and, and 
Florida all the way through our system. And we uh, made some changes with the pitching coordinators and we brought in, you know, Sam Breen, who's now our pitching coordinator and hiring a whole, you know, new lot of, of pitching coaches. Uh, and, and we were very open and vocal and transparent this summer when I was addressing that, that we were trying to, you know, continue to speed up the process and, and stay current uh, and progressive with a lot of the new technologies that were available, whether it's the Ripsoto machines and the TrackMan data and how to apply it and how to game plan on it and the pitch design sequences and all those nice buzzwords and, and, uh, and you know, uh, technological opportunities that existed that we, we currently uh, possessed, but mastering how to operate the most efficient and effective way, I think was still uh, a gray area for us. And so I wanted to address that and, uh, and, you know, make sure that we were potentially as good as anybody in that category. And and that meant having to go out, you know, outside the franchise to import people with that content and that knowledge. So that led us to hiring Sam Breen, who who ran the driveline programs uh, that have been very successful and, and ultimately led us to Matt Blake and, 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 making a tough decision on, on pivoting away from Larry Rothschild. Uh, it had nothing to do with any uh, anything with the postseason or disappointment in our regular season or whatever. I mean, Larry Rothschild's a very effective uh, pitching coach and and, uh, and has served us well and I think the baseball industry very well in all categories that he's been over the course of time. And, and he's a championship-caliber coach and one we've been blessed to have. But as I, you know, obviously game plan and strategize moving forward and trying to make sure that we have you know, all the boxes checked uh, and addressing those uh, and providing that type of information and flow that the players desperately want and need. And we want for them at the same time, um, it, it, it made me have to make a tough decision there. Um, uh, so I could have those boxes checked uh, in terms of Josh Bard, who was our previous bench coach last two years. He, he started having conversations with us about potentially being closer to home. Um, he's from Colorado. And he was always flying home back and forth on off days and stuff. You know, he's got a family and, you know, uh, young kids and stuff like that. So if there was an opportunity that could exist for him to move closer to home, um, that was of interest to him. And so with that knowledge, he eventually uh, got the opportunity to do that with the Dodgers. And he's going to return to the Dodgers coaching staff in L.A., which allowed us to pivot into uh, moving Carlos Mendoza to the bench coaching job. And then we went outside the franchise uh, and imported, I think, one of the better catching coaches in the in the baseball industry and Tanner Swanson. So, um, uh, he's going to run our, uh, our catching programs from the major league side all the way through the minor league side and be our quality and control, uh, quality control coach. So, uh, Tanner Swanson will replace Jason Brown and, uh, obviously Carlos Mendoza pivots over to replace Josh Bard and, and Matt Blake, uh, will replace Larry Rothschild. Blake is a guy obviously from the Cleveland Indians organization that I should have spoke about earlier. Uh, and he right. addresses a lot of things. He's, He's been a very effective manager uh, of of the pitching programs and coaching of the pitching programs for the uh, player development side for the Cleveland Indians. Comes highly recommended, and he he really impressed us in the interview process. And hopefully that process will play out in a positive way for us. Uh, you know, as our seasons unfold in the future. All right. Uh, as far as the uh, player, as we players, as we and and the roster, as far as we uh, as we head towards free agency, and obviously. Everyone wondering about the Yankee stance and the idea of economics and the idea of the high, you know, the big uh, prospects, uh, pitching prospects who are on, on the market and everything. Uh, what's your statement on that? Well, I mean, I, it's 
hard, first and foremost, we've got a 100-win team, as you know, the past two years, 103 this particular year. So it's it's hard to improve upon that, but that's the job regardless. And uh, and so first area of focus, clearly, that would be obvious. Is, is there a way to improve upon the starting rotation? Uh, there's certainly some big names out there, whether you want to talk about, you know, Derek Cole or, uh, or Strasburg or, or, or Wheeler or amongst a, a number of other potential, uh, you know, uh, free agents that exist. And we will connect with all of those individual players with their uh, representation and, and, and try to see if there's matches to be found. I mean, they're obviously in a very competitive market. Those things aren't easy. And, uh, and then with free choice, you have the ability to decide, you know, that, you know, money might not necessarily be the, the entire driver. And that's how that market stuff works, as you know. So, uh, you know, we'll address to the best of our abilities, you know, perceived needs, uh, whether it's via the trade route, like we did Paxton last year or the free agent route, like we've, we did with DJ LeMayu or others like Britain or out of annual last year. So it's hard to see how this winter program is going to materialize, but, you know, we're in the information, you know, gathering mode as we've been early stages at right now. And, and hopefully, uh, the current cast of characters on this roster will will stay healthy and and uh, uh, and service well, and I can hopefully augment that with running into a few great opportunities, whether they're very expensive ones or or uh, or not. You know, remains to be seen. But we're definitely going to have the conversations necessary to 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 you know put us in a position to try to construct something that you know our fans will be really excited about. With the Hicks injury, uh, obviously uh, that that puts Gaudy back in play, and the idea of uh, what's up with Didi. Um, uh, would you be comfortable if Torres is your shortstop next year? Um, <clears throat> well, he showed. Yeah, he he showed obviously clearly uh, in the absence of Didi last year that you know we could be a really uh, an effective uh, franchise. You know, with him at short and DJ LeMahieu at second, you know, played out well. Um, you know, and, you know, that, that'll be part of the evaluation. Uh, but is that the best, um, that we should be doing as we move forward? Is it, is, or is it with DD at short or is it with some other alternative that, that, uh, is a potential trade or free agent sign that, you know, we haven't been talking about. Those are the things we have to evaluate and discuss. Obviously, if, if I was on the program with you last year, DJ LeMay, was not really in the beginning stages of our our game planning. It's something that materialized over time. Uh, and so that's kind of how these things work. Some things just emerge and, uh, and we'll have to wait and see, but there's no doubt that Clayber Torres did a really good job playing shortstop. That's his natural position. Um, we didn't miss any, anything, uh, you know, while he was playing there, he was thriving for us. And, and so, at the very least, you know, we're comfortable with the roster we have, but at the very most, the job continues to be what is the best deployment, who are the best people that you can secure that puts you in a, a greater position to, to to do the job, you know, on the infield side or the outfield side or the pitching side and and, uh, and where you feel you can go to compete with and, and, and take another shot at trying to get back into the World Series that, you know, it's been elusive here for us recently. And so... Um, Didi's been a great player for us. Uh, he really has. I mean, this, not, this past year, notwithstanding, he's been a great person. So I think our fans obviously had a chance to really enjoy him. And, and now, obviously, he's earned the right to be in free agency to, to open it up and listen to what everybody has to say, including us. And, and then he'll have some choices to make, as we will, as will we. And so uh, 
I'll talk to his agent later today. I already was on the phone with him once earlier today because he's got many of players. He's got a number of players in the free agent market. Uh, his agent is Jim Murray, and he's also got Dylan Batanzas, for instance, uh, amongst others. So, um, so we'll see. Um, how does the Andujar Urshela thing play out for you right now? I know it's early, but how, how do the, what, what do you see as possibilities with those two? Well, you know what? It's hard to ignore what Gio did last year. He was pretty special on both sides of the ball. Um, and it came at an uh, opportune time for us once we lost Miggy to an injury. And what Miguel Andahar done, has done the previous year was pretty incredible, especially with the bat, you know, being, you know, at that time 23 years of age and having a, a strong OPS uh, post and finishing a big second in the rookie of the year behind Otani. Um, pretty impactful bat so because of the emergence of geo Urshela, um it makes you daydream all right it's, it's geo's job in theory to lose um based on his performance this past season and doesn't mean maybe can't take it back uh doesn't mean geo can't give it up but at the same time if, if both are what they are capable of being now uh you start to daydream you know hey does What's Miggy look like at first? What's right. Miggy look like in, in the outfield? I, right. I'm not saying we which have is, not which is, a lo- which is a more logical transition in your mind for him? If, if he's going to go, and I'm sure he's going to dabble at all of them, but uh, which is a more logic from what you know of him, what's the more logical transition? I mean, I think it's easy just to say first base because it's infield. Um, but it, these are just daydream stuff right now. Uh, we, we actually haven't translated that to anything uh, more than that although I think the player has has uh, on his own from what I'm hearing might be playing with that already you know okay. uh, with his eight you know like, with his agency Makes with sense. his agency but but we'll see um, but at the end of the day I'm getting a lot of calls about Miggy I'm sure you are I'm sure, I'm sure uh, you are saying hey you know with Gio there what are you looking for with Miggy they're looking for under controllable high ceiling bats, which obviously Miguel Andohar would check that box. So, so I'm not saying we're going to trade him. I'm not saying, I, I guess the, the, what I'm saying is I don't know just yet what the future of 2020 and Miguel Andohar is going to be. Does that mean he's going to be with the New York Yankees and on the 25 man roster? Is he going to be an option at Scranton waiting in the wings? Is he going to be playing first base? Is he going to play third? Is he going to play left? I think, you know, it's a potpourri. There's a lot of different things that are possible. Uh, but, you know, he's a pretty special, talented kid that unfortunately got taken offline with that injury to the shoulder. Uh, but all things are supposed to return to to being good. And he's uh, obviously in his throwing program right now on the rehab side of it. And, but we have been getting a lot of knocks on the door on him, and understandably so, because, again, the control years are, and the salary are, are non-existent right now. And the talent is already proven with what he did in the American League just two years ago. So. You have a lot of right-handed power that you can sprinkle all over the roster and all over the lineup, which we know. Uh, you don't have a lot of lefties now, and you have, le- uh, you have fewer ones uh, with Didi uh, floating, with uh, Hicks hurt. Uh, so, I mean, first let's start with Gaudi, who I, I would guess is in the picture, right? Well, I mean, we'd like him to be. Uh, we'll, you know, But again, with the free agency and the year he's had, you know, he'll have some, uh, uh, some choices, clearly, that he's earned. Uh, he, he's been a great player for us for a long time. Someone that we've we've enjoyed the relationship with, and I know he's really enjoyed playing here. And, and I, I, not to speak for him, but it's easy to speak for him. I think we both would love that to continue. Now, trying to thread the needle, you know, uh, is another matter, and see where that shakes out. But uh, but yeah, his his leadership, his left-handed 
that with this right-handed dominant lineup, the, uh, the, the defense that he provides, the base running he provides on a, on a team that's more station to station, all those things are, you know, perfect fits in many different ways. And so I know, you know, we as the franchise from ownership all the way through to the manager, would love to have him back. And, uh, we've had a lot of success in the past when we've engaged Cardi and all that. And hopefully we can, as we move forward, but again, the free agency can run interference because, you know, teams can swoop in and, and make offers that, you know, uh, that compel a decision. And, uh, so we'll see He's earned that right. And we'll compete for him. And, uh, but, you know, we also have alternatives. You know, uh, Hicks is returning. You know, Hockman obviously can play left, center, or right. You know, he, he's a good young player uh, that emerged for us, as we know, last year. You have, you have Clint Frazier, clearly, uh, with Judge and Stanton. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, playing on various other alternative free agents out there, too. So, as you know, the conversations that will take place via trade or free agency, you know, will continue uh, as, at the same time, the focus of trying to re-sign Gardy will continue and and you know but the, the main plan would be to bring Gordy back if we can you know uh it's funny you uh we had this discussion probably a lot of years the idea of uh what it takes to build a team to win a championship versus winning the regular season uh and know uh, and everyone was going to point to the power pitching except the Astros didn't win I know that Washington had power pitching too but what it came down to was uh, Washington's ability to come from behind uh, in big spots. That's really what was the difference for them uh, in, the, in the entire playoffs. They did it against Milwaukee. They did it against the Dodgers. They did it against the Astros. That's what it came down to. Uh, them getting timely hits late in, in games. Rendon and uh, obviously Soto, those guys. Uh, you know, you can't predict that. You really can't. So uh, do you still just put the best team you can for the 162 and hope for the best, or have you thought that there's some other configuration that works? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's all you really can do. Um, you know, uh, the game plan, you know, uh, you, you evaluate hopefully properly what you have and where your strengths lay and where your weaknesses are. And you attack the weaknesses to the best of your abilities with the available market and play with the available payroll you have. Uh, thankfully we have more available payroll than, than most because of the ownership here. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, you know, I, I thought again, going back to our personal experience in, in the 2019 playoffs, um, you know, I, I thought Aaron Boone really described it perfectly in the fact that we weren't a player or two away. We were a player or two away from actually advancing and playing in the world series. And a couple of at bats. Yeah. A couple of big at bats. Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 and the bats from them, we were talking about, was, and, and this is not a blame game right. conversation, but just, just speaking to how things are, and I won't say, I guess, using the word randomness or, or the volatility of this incredible sport where players like Gardy, who I desperately would love to have back right. with us, but you know, obviously. Or Torres struggled. with the bases loaded. Or Torres with uh, the bases or, loaded. Or Encarnacion, obviously, who is as yeah. professional hitter as you can and, find. And, and, and was someone, awful in that Houston yeah. series. Awful. And so, so, so it's, you know, again, if uh, in one at that or two, or even if you take that, you know, again, this is what losers do because we lost and right. we have to sit there and pick up the pieces and wonder what could have been. But, you know, in that ball that DJ LeMay who hit off, of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Guardy hit off of Altuve's glove and if it went another foot, you know, we win game two and we take the right. first two games in Houston and blah, 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 blah. I mean, sure. I guarantee our audience right now listening to this is probably you know sick of listening to or it. Didi's ball day, again, or Didi's ball against Cole that uh, you know is caught up against the wall. Yeah. So at the end of it all, I mean, 
we don't want to be the team that has to, you know, think that way and kind of dissect it, but we're forced to because that's what happened. We were sent home, and um, but I do believe that the, the proper, the best description was we were a player to a, a play or two away, um, and you just, you know, that's and you got to give Washington a hell of a lot of credit. Oh, because what absolutely! They did was I mean, think about it. You, they showed that graphic cash late in the series, late in the in game seven. Rendon late in the games in the postseason and after the seventh inning was six for six in those big spots in those games where they were behind. That's unbelievable. I mean, think about it. I mean, home run, double, home run, double. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously uh, I thought we were on a magic carpet ride ourselves. I mean, obviously, you know, throughout the entire year with all the guys stepping up, doing what they've done with the injuries, despite the injuries and the performances coming from surprise spots like Gio Urshela and then DJ LeMay slides in here and is an MVP-type candidate. And, and even even in uh, Game 6 when he hit the game-tying home run, yes. I was like, here we go, we're going to roll. And, and uh, But, again, that's what makes this game so amazing, the volatility, the unpredictability. Uh, the, that's why you can't bet on this sport in any way, shape, or form, or you'll be you know, destroyed because uh, it's a game of inches. Uh, you could have an impact coming from you know, uh, you know, uh, ball bouncing one way or the other, uh, you know, a poor performance of untimely time or, or guys rising to the occasion of playing up to, uh, well above their abilities in a small sample size. It's just, a, it's great. It's amazing to be a part of and watch it play out. And, uh, but at the same time, and, you know, in, in the tough times when you're not good enough and you're losing, you get sent home. It's, it's very humbling and disappointing at the same time too. So the emotions are, they're, they're amazing and they're killers at the same time. And that's, that's that's why I think I'm drawn to it. Do you feel differently from this last one than from the couple before it? I mean, you've had three in a row that have been tough. Uh, the one in the middle, Boston, was just a better team. The other two, very tough against Houston. Uh, but you can point to you know how close that series was in 17 and 18 and 19. Do you feel differently about this one than the other two or, or the same? No, I'd say the same. I mean, ultimately, there's only one team that can feel really good about it all. And at the same time, you know, if you're peeling the onion back a little bit, you you, you fall back on realizing there was a lot of special things and, and amazing things to celebrate. I thought our manager did a fantastic job with our staff and the players, you know, emerging and, and competing the way they did on a, on a daily basis. And, you know, and, and uh, so really proud of, of the year. Um, disappointed in the ultimate goal not achieved, but proud of the goals that were achieved short of the goal that wasn't achieved. Obviously, we wanted to win the American League and we wanted to, to win the World Championship, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll take another shot at it next year. Um, you got to be in it to win it. We've been in it uh, uh, despite not winning it, but uh, but you know, we're going to keep taking our shots and hopefully we'll push through and and find a way, uh, you know, with whatever the available mark available marketplace and our current players are, and we'll game plan again. You know, that's all I can promise our fan base, and I know our ownership is is on us to to continue to find ways to secure talent to get in here to to, to allow us to compete for a championship and and let it play out and, and you know and see how it shakes out. Um, when you look at it, uh, you do have some moves this year you got guys who might be leaving you've got maybe more turnover this year if the free agents all leave uh, uh obviously you have some you see retiring you have some different things going on with this team 
So do you expect this Encarnacion's gone? I mean, uh, Gaudi could leave Didi. We go down the line. Do you think there's, this is going to have a uh, more dramatically different look next year, this team, as far as there'll be bigger changes this year? It's hard to predict. I mean, I know, like, and, you know, things can change on a dime, you know, uh, in a good way or a bad way. Uh, and so that's why every step you take, every play you make, every comment you you decide to push out there, uh, every personal decision somebody makes in their you know personal lives, all can have a, a massive impact on the direction that your team's taking. So we're, you know, you know, we're careful to recognize that and try to game plan in a way that's you know, obviously it's important to take every step that pushes us in a, in a positive direction. Um, and I can't presume that at the same time while we're doing that, that, Hey, losing CC is big. This guy was a massive presence in our clubhouse as a leader and a performer and, and someone that, you know, uh, would compete at the highest level, you know, with everything he had, even when he was physically challenged and, and, and obviously Gardy is currently a free agent and Didi as well. And, and Dellen and, these are impactful people that, that, you know, even if at times that they weren't, you know, competing on the field of play, uh, they're making their teammates better by directing them a certain way. And so, you know, those are important voices that, that we might be reforced that in some cases like CC were forced to replace. How's it play out? How those gaps get filled in? What's that new world order look like? Those are the unpredictable parts of, team building and culture. And obviously I trust Aaron Boone with his staff down there to help guide things along the way. And the current existing group of players that remain, uh, you know, being able to, to do the right thing to, to continue passing that baton on to those guys to, to lead the way the right way. And, but, but recognizing it's a slippery slope too, you know, the, you know, you lose some people along the way and the field changes, the, uh, you know, the, the lights get turned on in that clubhouse every day, but they might not. It might not feel the same with certain people not in there. So, those are important things. But we're thankful that the the I was going to say the dudes we have down there, like a DJ Lemayhu and and Glaber Torres, and you know a Voight, and you know you bounce around Gary Sanchez, and and all the current existing characters, including young guys like Talkman, Aaron Judge is as big a leader as we've got. And, those guys are, are charged to keep this train moving despite losing some quality people. And it's my job with our front office people and ownership to find quality, impactful personnel to align with them and bet on them meshing much like this past year t- did. Because I, I, our fans saw it. We saw it. There was some serious magic going on with this crew. They, they took the field every day. In, in a way that you would want to bottle up and maintain for the rest of your life if you could, because these guys had their priorities straight. They were really in it to win it, and they were devastated when we didn't. And uh, and hopefully, obviously, we can recreate that magic and improve the roster at the same time as we move into 2020. And a lot of role players who just were, you know, whether it was Talkman or Mabin or down the line, so many different guys. Let me get to one that uh, you might have clarity on. I don't think the fans do. I don't think we do. I don't think the media does. Is Ramon clear? Is everything passed with him, or is there still more that he faces? Uh, or is he clear to come to baseball with a clear conscience and get ready to go back to work this spring? Is that is that where he's at, or is it not where he's at? I think it's. Uh, I, I think I, I know it's. It's something I'm not able to comment on. It's still in the uh, in the. I guess 
hands of Major League Baseball and the Players Association, and that's that's all I do know, to be honest. Gotcha. So there's nothing okay. for me to so add so to there's still it. some murky, there's still some uncharted waters here with Ramon, as far as we, it's not it's not all rectified then. It, yeah, whatever the process is, they're going through it uh, in a confidential manner and uh, and taking whatever you know steps from both sides that they need to be taking and 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 whether it's the front office, the the fans, the the employer, what have you, we're all, you know, waiting on that, you know, process to play out, you know, uh, and so that's in the hands of the Major League Baseball and the Players Association, and, uh, and we'll just we'll just wait and hear from what they what they have to say whenever it's concluded. All right, uh, Brian is a member of the board of directors of Covenant House International, which provides services for homeless youth. He was honored by the organization with their Beacon of Hope Award in 2011, and he will be participating for the ninth straight year in the group's CEO Solidarity Sleepout, which takes place on Thursday at Yankee Stadium. Is there anything that people can contribute to there, or is that is there anything is there an event surrounding that, or is that just you guys uh, as far as that goes? Yeah, I mean it's it's exciting. I mean, I, I, as you said, I'm on the board of directors, and this is the ninth year we've done a sleep out where you know we we raise awareness and money for uh, Kevin House's you know uh, target is is helping homeless kids and eradicating uh, homelessness from our youth. And so, um, obviously, tomorrow night, 200 leaders from business and sports and entertainment will sleep out at the Great Hall at Yankee Stadium. You know, okay, uh, and we'll be out there till Friday morning. Um, our goal is to raise ten million dollars total between nineteen sleepouts across the country from November fourteenth to the twenty. And how do the fans contribute? Uh, if, uh, fans can contribute if they want to go to covenanthouse.org okay. uh, forward slash sleepout. So covenanthouse.org forward slash sleepout. There'll be information there, and and you can you know you'll see my name there if you want to you know, sponsor my sleepout. You know, okay. uh, uh, they can donate to it. The money goes to obviously the kids and, and trying to save these kids lives that, uh, that obviously didn't have the fortunes that, that uh, all, most of this audience on this airways can, can, uh, have benefited from which you having, you know, a house to, to grow up in and great parents to, to, to raise us and stuff. Uh, the, obviously the homeless youth that Covenant House has been dealing with for, for so long has been taking care of those that are less fortunate and, and, and providing them hope and an opportunity that, uh, that they weren't, in theory, born into at the very least. And so it's a great organization. Uh, and obviously, even though we're sleeping out, you know, it, it doesn't emulate, you know, the, the struggles that, that these kids go through, but um, it does at least bring and drive awareness and a money drive and fundraising drive for uh, for the efforts that Covenant House is doing. So I appreciate, if anybody has an interest, uh, as I said, I appreciate, Mike, you allowing me to tell, tell the audience about it, covenanthouse.org uh, forward slash sleep out. And uh, tomorrow night, Cold or no cold, uh, we'll be out there um, doing what we can to at least uh, uh, drive people uh, to help support that uh, great franchise in Covenant House. All right, good job. Thanks very much. Uh, happy Thanksgiving if I don't talk to you, but uh, we'll chat again, I'm sure, during the busy December time. Uh, so, uh, And thanks for a couple of minutes. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. All right, Brian Cashman. And again, that's covenanthouse.org slash sleepout. So uh, check that out for a very good cause. Back after this. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.